This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi everyone, Dolphina Correa here from Be Made Whole and Maxwell Leadership. It's great to be with you again this week. We are on part two of um, the series, Getting Healthy One Step at a Time. And it's based on a book that I've written, uh, of which I will give you more info at the end of this part. So I'm just going to touch on a few areas that will help you uh, regarding um, practical things you can do. These are excerpts that I've taken from the book. There's a lot more in the book, but I'm just going to give you a few things that will affect your health that you could change um, even now. You know, without even getting the book, you can apply these few changes which will really make a difference in your life. I just want to talk quickly in the kitchen about cooking oils. You know, not all oils were made for cooking. And you will find that the more saturated oils generally handle heat better and we can cook with them. But when you go down to the omega-3 um, oils, you get omega-3, 6, and, uh, and 9. The omega-9 handles heat generally. I find the oils that have more of the omega-9 handle the heat better than omega-6. And, and then omega-6 better than omega-3. Omega-3 oils, you normally don't want to heat at all. And I'm bringing up this oil um, issue because people don't know that. Uh, and uh, we don't realize that we we toxifying, if you, I don't know how they say that, you make, you cause it to become toxic, toxifying the oil. And uh, if we don't know which ones are good for cooking. And I want to just use the example of olive oil. Uh, I'm uh, of Portuguese descent. Our, in our culture, Portuguese culture, we use a lot of olive oil. We cook with olive oil. But, you know, olive oil is not really that good with heat. It can't handle heat too well. And I want to give you an idea today with olive oil. If you really enjoy your olive oil, you know, the very the virgin olive oils, they are the more flavorful ones. And you want to taste the olive oil in the food. And a way that you do that is when you cook your food, use a little bit of the of the oils that can handle the heat, like a grapeseed oil, for instance. And uh, after you've cooked the food, as soon as it's finished being cooked, when it's taken off the stove, then you can just give it a, a minute or two, and then you can drizzle it with olive oil and toss that in, and you're going to taste the flavor of that olive oil really you're going to really taste it a lot more than if it was cooked with the olive oil. And not only that, but you're getting all the amazing health benefits of the olive oil. It hasn't lost those benefits. So that's just an idea on the cooking oils. It also goes with flavorings. When we flavor our food, I want to encourage you to use herbs and spices. You can really get the most amazing flavors out of herbs and spices. And you know, it's not expensive. Herbs and spices are so, you can get them so cheap. You can even buy like in bags and like refill your jars. Uh, it really doesn't have to be expensive. There's the difference here. You've got your herbs and spices on the one side, and then you've got uh, bottles and sauces and those sort of flavorings and these sachets, these bags of powdered soups and things on the other side. Now, now the processed ones, the the, the packets and the of of the of the powdered flavorings and the I'm not talking about herbs and spices now. I'm talking about the processed ones, like the soup packets and those kind of things, and the bottles of the sauces. You can use that. I'm not saying you can't use that, but I want to encourage you to most have most of your home cooking with herbs and spices and save those other 
bottles and and you know those kind of uh, emergency days when you you don't have much time you can just throw a, you know throw a bottle of tomato sauce in the stew instead of you know adding all the ingredients in and things like that use those as a treat and as uh, on a on a on a um on an emergency day or on a day you're going to have visitors and you want to do something different you can do that but my encouragement is as i mentioned in our first part i'd encourage you to listen to that first part of the series i spoke about a few principles and i mentioned the 80/20 rule you know 80% of the time use the herbs and spices and 20% of the time then you can take all the shortcuts and and try all the other ways but it really is something that your tongue gets used to and and herbs and spices give so much flavor you can do a whole lot with them now there are other things that also affect our body. We often think of, uh, when we think of health, we think mostly of food, what we're eating. But, you know, there are other factors that also affect our body. Things like our meal times. Now, there are three schools of thought when it comes to meals. The one school of thought says you got to eat three solid meals and no in-betweens in a day. The other school of thought says, oh, no, you got to eat five or six small meals throughout the day so you like kind of nibbling little bits every two hours or so, and uh, that's the that school of thought uh, because your metabolism is going to be faster, and and that's the reasoning behind that. Then there's the third school of thought, which says you. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of it. Eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and uh, supper like a pauper. And you know all of these meal setups and and ideas, they really do have value. But there's no one exact way, right way to do it, depending on the job that you're working in. Sometimes you can't eat all day. You're talking to people all day. You can't eat. Uh, for some people, they can't eat a heavy meal at night. Others can't eat a heavy meal at breakfast. So what do you do when it comes to mealtimes? Because that's going to affect your efficiency and your energy levels and everything and how you're going to live throughout the day. I would like to say these are all right. But you got to choose the one that works for you. Your body is unique and the same things don't work for everybody. There are certain basic fundamentals that you can say uh, are good for everybody or bad for everybody. But for the most part, a lot of these health principles, you've got to kind of find your own way. Like that scripture that says, um, work out your own salvation. Well, you work out your own diet, work out your own meal times, work out your own healthy living plan. It's it's all according to uh, the life that you live, your circumstances, your career, and you make the best that you can out of whatever is at your disposal. Another uh, thing that is that we need to consider that affects our um, health in different ways is our exercise. I was kind of hesitating to say exercise. Um, because everyone's probably going to go, oh, no, it's like a swear word for a lot of, not for everyone, but for a lot of us who are not used to being active. But the thing with exercise is how much is enough? I want to just take some pressure off everybody who's listening today. Here's the thing. You don't need to join the gym. But if you can afford it and it helps for you to, you know, kind of you know, stay active, then by all means do it. You also don't need a personal trainer. But if you can afford it and it helps, by all means. The the, the key with exercise is you need to move. We uh, Benny Hinn said this. He said we were created to move. 
John Maxwell says it a little bit funnier than that. He says, we're supposed to leave our footprints in the sand, not our butt prints. I love that one. You sort of get a visual when you hear that. So, for example, take the stairs, walk the dogs, get a skipping rope. When I uh, um, started, you know, years back, I was always in the gym and I always used to enjoy doing the circuit. You know, that circuit with the little buzzer and, and then you move from the one apparatus to the other. You know, I would just do five minutes of cardio on the bike and the rest of my gym, probably an hour, I would spend going around the circuit and uh, doing the various exercises. And then for a long time, I wasn't in the gym and I did exercise at home without, it didn't cost me a cent. I just, you know, found different exercises that worked for me and I did my own routine. So you can do anything. There's no limit really. It's to do what's necessary. And then at the age of 48, um, somewhere in my 40s, I got this idea that I want to live till 100. I figured 100 is a cool milestone. I think I want to go for 100. But I don't want to be 100 like, like you think of when people think anything between 80 and 100. They think old and senile and you know bedridden on medication got a sickness of some sort it's all negative but I didn't want to be one of those I wanted to be one of those energetic centenarians and you just have to go on YouTube and you see some centenarians you can see they're not lying about the age on the skin you can see that they're they are really about a hundred years old but their minds are sharp they're active they fit they're not on medication they're healthy and they've got a zest for life and they're not planning on leaving anytime soon. You know, you know, that's the kind of hundred years that I was going for. So I said to the Lord, Lord, if you will let me, I would love to go for a hundred. And, uh, he was fine with me doing that, but and not, um, it's interesting. He left me for a little while with that thought. And, uh, sometime after that, maybe it was a few weeks, uh, he said to me, well, if you want to go for a hundred, you got to look after yourself. You got to start exercising, start running. That was when I was 48. I started running. And, you know, I've never looked back. I thought, man, I've been missing this my whole life. I should have started this when I was 20. Uh, the the invigoration and, and the 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 kind of energy that you get, um, how you feel after that run, how good it makes you feel, that inner feeling. And, you know, I started with broken tackies. I didn't even know they were broken. That's how little attention I gave to them. I noticed afterwards I've been running on tackies with the soles split in half. But the point is, I didn't care. I was having fun. And, you know, I, uh, eventually I got proper shoes and gear and all that. But you don't have to do much to get started. That's the point I'm trying to make. There's no rule to exercise. Just do the best you can. And don't even try to catch up the exercise that you lost last week or even yesterday. Don't even try. You can, that's another bondage that you put yourself into. And you keep trying to catch up because you'll notice you're always catching up then. Just let yesterday go and start again today. And when you're more fit and more active, you'll find that your body handles extreme temperatures better. You don't, uh, you don't, uh, feel so, um, like, um, stuffy on the inside so easily. It's almost like your circulation and your breathing, everything's better. You enjoy your food more when you're fit. You just feel more energetic all around. So here's the thing with energy. You have to spend some to get some. Many people that sit a lot all day, I would encourage you to do something that is some kind of exercise that's got you on your feet. Because if the longer we sit, the less we want to move. It kind of gets us into a place where uh, you, the more you sit, the more you just want to sit because our muscles become lethargic. 
And this moves me to the next point of things that affect our bodies. And that is rest and work. Having that balance between rest and work. I'm sure you've heard the saying, all work and no play make Johnny a dull boy. It's the truth. What about this one? A scripture verse that says that the lazy man won't eat. That's also true. These are two extremes that we should avoid. When the Lord taught Israel in the desert about the Sabbath, having uh, resting on the seventh day, you know, they were a, a, a bunch of slaves. Think about that. All these slaves, and God wants to get the slave out of their minds, you know, their way of thinking, that slave way of thinking, uh, because they worked. They didn't get an off day. I mean, in, in our country today, it's illegal to employ someone and not give them an off day. That's how people are protected. But back then, those slaves, they worked seven days a week. There was no such thing as an off day. So the Lord was teaching them to get that balance. So if you think about six days work and one day's rest, you know, God is not legalistic. Uh, remember, there's freedom in your health. Uh, in, in living a healthy lifestyle, it's, it's supposed to give us freedom. So that is a kind of a template to give you an idea of the ratio of, of working and resting. You don't rest for six days and then work one day. That is not a right ratio. If we work and we are productive for six days, then uh, we have deserved our seventh day just to relax and build relationships with people, spend time with our important people and not have things that we have to do or have to get done. And when I say work six days, that would include housework and career work. Sometimes we think, you know, I'll work six days at a career and on the seventh day, I've got to catch up my washing and, and I've got to do all these other things that are homework. But uh, the homework is part of the career work. It's all work. The seventh day is designed to talk with people, spend time with people and build those relationships. I want to move on now to and another important part that we tend to neglect in our health, and that is the things that we put on our bodies. Your skin is the largest organ of your body. It absorbs everything that it comes in contact with. As long as the particles of that cream or soap or whatever it is that or oil that's going on your skin, any particle in there that is like what we call a nanoparticle, it's very small, it will absorb right into the skin and go directly into the bloodstream. Uh, someone once spoke about this. I've never done this test, but you're welcome to try it at home. I don't think it'll be harmful. Uh, they said if you t- took a uh, clove of garlic, slice it in half, and then with the open side, the flesh, the inner flesh of the garlic, you rub that under your foot in the soft part in, in, the, in the curve of your foot, and in, in the arch where the skin is soft. If you rub that there for a little while, apparently – in 15 minutes or so, you're going to taste some garlic in your mouth. Uh, now, like I said, I've never tried it. You're welcome to try it. But if that is true, then um, that's really quick to go from the one end of your body to the other end, don't you think? So think about the commercial soaps that we use. Soaps, cosmetics, body products, creams that we use. And what about cleaning products that we clean with? They're normally loaded with chemicals, the, the, the usual ones, you know, the, the commercially available ones that are mass produced. They are normally loaded with chemicals that they mimic hormones and cause, uh, cause what we call endocrine um, disruptions. They, they throw your hormones out of balance. And we've all got hormones, not just women. Men also have hormones. And it, it causes 
um, irregular, irregularities and disruptions in our, our, our hormonal balances. And some even have cancer causing um, properties where they get to the point where they actually alter our DNA. And we need to know what we're putting on our bodies. I want to give you just a few illustrations in the time that we have left today. The foaming agent in our uh, soapy products, any soap, whether it's dishwashing liquid or the, the soap that you wash your car with or the uh, body soap, anything that is soapy and foamy, uh, the, the foaming agent that is used to make it foamy is called, uh, the, most of them use sodium laurel sulfate or the other one is sodium laureth sulfate. And this foaming agent, they put so much in there and it has the property to, uh, one of its properties is that it dries out your skin. And if you have a lot of that on your skin, eventually you have dry skin. A quick story, um, in my life, all my years up till about the age of 30, uh, I always had very dry skin. I had to moisturize my skin. I was always looking for that lotion that's going to be more moisturizing because my skin was so dry, oily on my face and dry on my body. And, um, when I changed the soaps that I used, I began to discover these things with the foaming agents and I changed the soaps to more less foamy soaps and, and more natural soaps. And I began to, on my health journey to change things. Uh, I began to notice that I don't need lotion on my skin. My skin's not dry anymore. That just sorted itself out by changing the kind of soaps that I was using. And the same with hair. Your hair, uh, overwashing your hair and using these, um, uh, so very soapy shampoos. So if you're using something today and you're thinking, what can I do? Because, you know, you don't have maybe the money to spend on the healthier products. First of all, there are some homemade products. You can create your own and it's not expensive. And I have some recipes in the book that you could get. Uh, but not only that, how about just diluting what you have? Dilute. If your shampoo is very foamy, dilute it. It's enough. How much is really necessary to clean your hair? And so you want to have use what's enough and not overuse. What about, um, I'm going to say something now and I'm, some of you are not going to like it, but this really does work. It worked in my life. How about cold showers? I'm sure you felt cold right now, as I said, that cold showers. People don't want to hear about cold showers. So I used to shower really piping hot. And then one day the geezer conked in. Long story short, for two weeks we had cold water. Thank God it was December and not July. Uh, so I decided I ain't missing my showers. So I decided I'm going to have cold showers. So you can just imagine climbing into a cold shower, you know, one leg first, then the other leg, then the one arm, then the other arm. And you slowly, it took me about five minutes just to get into the shower in the beginning. But by the end of two weeks, I was loving those cold showers. That snug, you, you don't feel hot afterwards. It's a snug feeling. It's like after you've been swimming in the river, you know, those mountain rivers with that ice cold water. You feel so good afterwards. Your circulation is stimulated. There's really, there's a lot more benefit to cold showers than hot showers. Now, I'm not saying you can't have a hot shower. I'm just saying, you know, try it out and see the difference. Uh, you won't have that blood pressure going up temporarily that we have when we have a very hot shower. Your blood pressure begins to go up. Uh, and so that, it's a temporary thing, but that's what happens when you, your showers are too hot. So, and it's not going to hurt you as long as you don't fall, pass out in the shower. You know, that might injure you. But the point I'm trying to make is try it out. And 
I've never gone back. The, the geezer got fixed in two weeks, but that's years ago. And, you know, I've never gone back to those piping hot showers. Till today, I shower cool or even cold in summer. Uh, in winter, even, my showers are lukewarm. I go as cool as I possibly can. And you know what's so interesting? I'm not so scared of those ice-cold uh, ice swimming pools anymore. Before, I could never swim in the swimming pool that was be, uh, below a certain temperature. Now, I got used to it, and now I just dive in. I don't have that 10 minutes to get in the swimming pool anymore. Now, that's quite a deliverance right there. <laughs> anyway, that's it for today. Those were just a few facts, a few points that will help you on your health journey that you can even change today. It's not going to really cost you much. There are things you can change bit by bit, and, and these are simple things that you can begin to adjust so that you can have a healthier life tomorrow than what you have today. Next week, we're going to continue with the series, and we're going to be talking about emotional, mental, and spiritual health. So I'd really love for you to join me if you want to learn and uh, if you're facing a challenge in those areas and you would like some ideas and ways that you can overcome those challenges, then please join me again next week. In the meantime, uh, you can visit my website, bemadewhole.co.za. Uh, there you will find all my courses on leadership and personal development, uh, as well as Maxwell Leadership Certified Courses. And as a certified Maxwell trainer, I can even help you to get certified if you're interested in becoming certified with Maxwell Leadership. Uh, on the website, you'll find all the books. Uh, this book, Getting Healthy, One Step at a Time, is also there. All my books are available as ebooks and hard copies online. Um, the uh, hard copies, though, if you live uh, in the Western Cape in South Africa near a Bright's Hardware, you can pop in there and selected of the uh, of the Bright's Hardware stores, certain selected stores have uh, some books that are written in hard copy and you're welcome to pick them up there. Just go on the website, all the info is there. And then there's the blog. The blog has got all the recordings of these podcasts, which I would love for you to go back and listen to, to get the whole series of the one that I'm busy with and previous ones that I've given um, on the air previously. And there are also videos and other teachings there. Social media is there. You can get my weekly personal development tips and also community transformation is there. And there you will see what Be Made Whole is doing in, uh, in a community in South Africa as well as other countries of Africa. Thank you so much for being with me today. And I would love to have you again with me next week as we continue with the series. Um, and we're going to be talking about emotional, mental and spiritual health with the series um, Getting Healthy One Step at a Time. Thank you. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.